Welcome to the Native Citizens Podcast, a ministry of Storehouse Community Church in McAllen, Texas. Every Monday, we gather to address the questions and issues aimed at everyday life and ministry in the context of the Rio Grande Valley. All right, guys. Well, good morning. Welcome to the Native Citizens Podcast. My name is Marco. I'm joined here by Elsie and Eric and te- technically Everett. Everett yeah. has been here through and through, like a beacon, consistent. Of light. So, I was stroking the ego, <laughs> and and he's he's oh, working I'm on his brag. humility. And we're yeah. back on the podcast. So, <laughs> how are y'all doing this morning? Excellent. Pretty good. Pretty good. More coffee. More coffee. No, yeah, you I'm guys done. are. Done. I've I only mean, had my one. Yeah, I'm yeah. drinking some awa. That's cool. I just drank. I just drank one cup. I was drinking water. I lost it. Well, when I get home, I'll drink better coffee. Um, Indeed. <laughs> so snooty. Indeed you will. Hey, man. Hey, that, that, We've uh, had this discussion already. Uh, yeah. Jitters coffee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, I, I just know Folgers isn't very good. Mm-hmm. That's, that's as much as I know about coffee. It's as much as I really care to know, too. That's not true. Because when I see you make coffee... Like you may not use measurements and all that. Yeah. You want to make sure it tastes good for your guests, in particular your wife. Uh-huh. You are the one who's okay drinking residue, but you care a little bit. Yeah. Hey, he yeah, considers okay. others. Yeah. yeah. I care for other people, not so much for my people. own right. ingestion. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for that reminder yeah. of what is true. Yeah. And you're not going to deny a good cup of coffee either. Yeah. So, andale. You just Mira. a lower level of snooty, not not up here. I not suppose, up here, yeah. Here. You know, you got the hospitality part down. You got the loving other part. I don't know down. if I deny a bad Check. cup of coffee either, yeah. though, because I don't know if I've like refined my palate enough coffee wise to be like, oh yeah, that's I mean, you very just bad. said and like I just know Folgers isn't that good, right? I just that's know it, so like I don't <laughs> buy start. it. But if somebody Baby made steps, Folgers. Bro. Baby in steps. like the the coffee pot and like i didn't see it and they're like hey you need some coffee and i'm like shivering cold and it's like early morning and i'm having a rough morning yeah i'll drink that coffee anyways <laughs> yeah just don't want to reveal that you have a little bit of stinginess oh, that's true anyway just wanted to make sure we got that out of the way <laughs> uh so today we're going to be talking about injustice in the church and so the the thing about injustice or ethnic injustice is is that that could be a series of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, and I think that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Today, we're not necessarily going to go into the nitty gritty of um, of injustice, but we are going to talk about a couple of things, um, particularly when it comes to the church's role uh, in injustice and what kind of a role the church has had previously. Uh, when it has come to injustice or justice and, and uh, justices within within the context. And so um, I kind of want to dive into it and just just ask the question, um, should the church, because I think some, this can be a polarizing question, I think, should, should the church, not just Storehouse McCallum, should the church be actively involved in pursuing, seeking justice, in in their in their community in their context, why or why not seeking justice? Yeah, that doesn't sound convincing. No, no. I mean, I I say yes, and particularly how to define seeking justice, like mm-hmm. operationally defining what it means to seek out justice. So, so, like, to seek out justice, in my understanding of what the church is responsible to do, is is living it out and walking with like personal integrity and within what one person is in control of, which is like their own actions and teaching others how to do so otherwise um, in a just way, like treating people equally, speaking the truth, um, X, Y, Z. And I think what that can mean for some is seeking justice out in trying to control others' actions. 
and I, d- I don't know if the church is responsible for controlling their actions. I think in seeking out justice to teach what an injustice is, is to call out what it like those horrendous atrocities that we've seen lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like calling that a sin and calling it injustice. Because like the church isn't the law and order of society. Mm-hmm. I think we're meant to be like a beacon, a pillar of what it means to walk like with the Lord. Salt and light. Yeah. And I think we can almost do a disservice if we try forcing people to act the same way we do. That's right. Like, and, and like that, that comes from like how, how, as, as we walk as the light, we teach about like how we're able to do that. And, but I think it, it comes up with a lot of teaching and a lot of like expressing it outwardly. So that discipleship. Piece. Yeah. 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 Um, but in terms of like, we, I, we were kind of talking about this last night with the dudes. It's like politically speaking and how to reform, um, like our society's justice system. I, I think as we walk it out, we can see the implications that prevent us from walking it out fully. Mm-hmm. And then we can form a better opinion of what to do in the voting booth or, or mm-hmm. X, Y, Z. But it starts with like personal integrity. Mm-hmm. That's that's just where I I start. Right. Yeah. I think when it comes to when it comes to the, the area of justice, when it comes to when it comes to engaging injustices, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to begin with. I think it has to begin with for the Christian our identity. Right. Right. In light of who God is. And what God has done for us in Christ, and then how that shapes us to what you were saying, how that shapes us to walk in right. our daily lives. And so when it comes to injustices that are happening within our context, I shouldn't, or I don't always have to know where they might fall regarding social concerns I shouldn't necessarily have to know where they fall within social concerns to know that something is a sin. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. so to see someone murdered because of their skin color. Right. Right. I don't have to reflect so much on the history of racial tensions in this country mm-hmm. to know that someone was murdered uh, uh, that was a different color I can call that sin. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I can look at other individuals who may disagree with us profoundly and still view them as image bearers. Right. Right. That doesn't mean that they are children Mm -hmm. of God, but they are at the very minimum image bearers. Right. Therefore, I can treat them with human dignity. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think... And I go back and forth on this because I know I know a lot of people will subs- would subscribe to, for instance, like a, the gospel and social justice, right? Right. Yeah. And it's and it's not that I disagree, but I think if we run the risk of categorizing too many things, right? Um, I think the gospel can become convoluted it could become confusing it could even be assumed like of course i would be involved in social injustice because i'm a christian but from what i see i don't see necessarily a lot of people um saying that first i see that Mm -hmm. they are activists first i see that they are uh involved in social issues and social concerns first like that would be their primary identity Right. Rather mm-hmm. than who they are in Christ and how that shapes how I engage justice and injustice. Right. You know what I mean? Now, yeah. as far as injustice, there might be specific areas within my context that I am going to involve myself in or as a church that we are involved in. Right. Um, but we are doing them because we are being shaped by our identity. Right. In Christ first, because we value human dignity, because everybody's being created in the image and likeness of God. Right. Right. We are pursuing justice because 
it is not only what God calls us to do and what is it, Micah 7, right? Do good, seek justice. Right? It Lord is, here. yeah, it is because um, these active parts of the Christian faith are a direct response to who we are in Christ, given what he has done for us. Right. Right. And I think as we reflect on that, Denny, you bring up, like, when it's so central in like a core tenant like the the language we use in engaging these social injustices mm-hmm. are, is very specific mm-hmm. and it it points people to God because I think if mm-hmm. you're saying like you you neglect to to meditate on the identity of who we are in Christ there's there's the gospel we preach from our own merit mm-hmm. our own ideas mm-hmm. and as we engage in social calling out social injustices one there's like no real standard that we go by but two like we're teaching if we profess to be christians what it means like what the gospel is actually doing to engage those things Mm -hmm. so we're like pointing to a false christ in a sense if we're not really rooted in that identity because of the language that we use yeah yeah i agree i think there has to be an explicit uh explicit use of the language right and I think one of the ways in which the church has lacked or has fallen behind or is silent is, for instance, earlier this year, we saw the the murder of George Floyd. Right. Right. And I'm talking specifically from a personal standpoint. Mm-hmm. And it, but it made me reflect, I think, on how the church responds to yes. things like that. Or incidents like that. And a friend of mine had asked, what is it that you've learned? And That's a good question. Yeah. And I, and I said, I have realized, I was very convicted. I said, I've realized that I don't hate sin as much as I say I do. Yeah, dude. Because this man was arrested in the, the whatever holds that they had him on, mm-hmm. inevitably killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see that video and I can say, yeah, man, that happened in Minnesota. It's not happening in my context. Mm-hmm. And uh, therefore, I'm not necessarily affected by it. I'm really glad that it, it has caused a great deal of people to step out. Yeah. Protest. Shaking people awake, so, right. to, so to speak. You know, they mm-hmm. want to speak up against uh, murder such as this. And... Hearing that, I was like, yeah, that, I mean, that's good. That's great. That's them mm-hmm. in their context. Right. That's not happening here. And so I started getting down like a little bit more and more and more in the sense of one, it convicted me because I'm watching this man die mm-hmm. and I am not, uh, I'm realizing I am not, I don't hate sin yeah. as much as I say I do as I am watching an image bearer breathe his last right. breath. It's you're desensitized. To right. It. Mm-hmm. And so it made me start thinking about my context, right? Or I should say our context right here, mm-hmm. here in McAllen. And I started thinking, okay, injustice is happening all over. And I'm not trying to generalize that. I'm just yeah. being like, eventually I get, I get specific in the sense of injustice is happening, happening all over. Um, how much am I as the church allowing to happen simply because it's not in my context. Right. It's not something that I have to address. It's not something that we're seeing here. What kind of injustices are now happening in my context that I'm just allowing right. or not mm-hmm. speaking up against or yeah. not getting involved in because at the end of the day, I've realized I don't hate sin as much as I say yeah. I do. I like that you use the word allowing because it establishes like a responsibility yeah. Yes. And a control for your own actions in seeing injustices right. happen. Yeah, that's important. That's good. Yeah, that was that was where I was where I was kind of coming down to. It was it was just like, um, because like right now, when when it comes to man, political polarization, racial mm-hmm. tensions in the country, there are many cities and contexts where people are um, densely involved. In right. that. Like they are seeing these injustices happen in their cities, in their communities, in their neighborhood, neighborhoods. They've grown up with them. They've seen them. And so you're seeing them how 
we're not talking about the method of what, upon which they're getting involved. Right. We see them getting involved. And then it just started making me think about like, um, why are other people, in particular those who don't know the Lord mm -hmm. and the proclamation of his gospel, why do they have a bigger vision for the welfare of my city? Mm -hmm. You know, that was the... Yeah, dude. It puts you to shame almost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good thing to feel that though. Like, yeah. Because it, it causes you to reflect. And right. I, like, like I think of the Untangling the Heart series, like sometimes yeah. shame yeah. is a good emotion to right. experience. Right, it's to yes. draw you yeah. to the Lord so you could like kind of wrestle with some of those, some of those convictions. Mm -hmm. I think there's, I mean, even there's a, a verse of a song that we've sometimes sung that uh, it says, Break my heart for what breaks yours, Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think I can definitely say and admit that I've been one of those, that person of the church, like it has stayed silent. Mm -hmm. And I, I think a lot of Christians can can get so overwhelmed by what is going on right. and, and be broken by it, but feel so inadequate. And say like I I can't do anything about what can that. I do, what right? can I yeah. do? Like they're over there. I'm I'm over here. Yeah. Um, what's the point? Even yeah. you know, and feel defeated. And well, that's then a, a lie in of itself, right? Like right. that's the enemy uses as well. And there's such a gift that we have in the gospel um, that that God allows us to do something about it. He's mm -hmm. given responsibility he's given us stewardship where we are right. and um i think it's really it's been really cool to i mean in light of um it's been good to see in light of all those and uh, you know horrible horrendous things that have happened i know there was a pastor um i can't remember what state like virginia or south carolina somewhere um where he was so you know just broken by what was going on he knew he he had to do something, but didn't know what, but he knew as he went back to the gospels, like went back to, to God, just realizing I need to be broken. See that, see the brokenness of sin, what sin causes mm -hmm. and start there. And right at first, like you, you see in general, yeah, injustice isn't everywhere. Like sin is everywhere. And how do we break it down yeah. to where we can address what, um, it's going on in our own areas, in our own communities and how he started. Um, I think it was like with the racial injustice things that started popping up more, like he um, created outlets or just opened up like, um, like his uh, office hours mm -hmm. and started having conversations with either oh, people that's in really his community, good. Um, just started talking mm -hmm. to where people felt heard and that wasn't happening at all yeah. i guess and so that was a start That's a big deal. and i think what we also like want in the church is like it's sad that we also want those quick fixes we want <laughs> things yeah. to change right now because if you don't like then more bad things are going to happen we're going to mm -hmm. do things our way and or my authority is over your authority and just all these voices just happen all at once and so mm -hmm. there's no like we need to like come back to God to understand that it takes patience and wisdom to fight well. Yeah. And, um, and it's going to be over time. Um, but it also like takes consistency in, in doing that. Yeah, and yeah, so dude, as we see big. like, okay, what is the injustice happening in McAllen, Texas, where we, right. or wherever right. you are at listening right now. And so, um, asking God, I think that's just how the church pursues fighting for justice is, is by where they are right now. Cause in light of like our nation being like, we stand by these things and because God is over us, like mm -hmm. you're just using God for yourself, you know, mm -hmm. ultimately at the end of the day, like it's, it's so much more than just like, Oh yeah, God is over this nation. And right we believe in God and God bless America. Than that, yeah. It's just thrown out there. Yeah. I think that's where the, the being, being shaped. We've been talking a lot about spiritual formation, right? Mm -hmm. But being shaped by the gospel, mm -hmm. like that is how the believer lives out their, 
their convictions. And mm-hmm. I think one of the areas in which the church has just failed or the church is so far behind is, yeah, we preach the gospel on Sunday. We talk about um, what it looks like to live a godly life for Christians so that you're reminded that God has forgiven you, deuces. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. forget that, hey, the Sunday gathering is actually very formative for us as we edify one another so that when we go out, yeah, we are living out those convictions mm-hmm. where we are, which which does mean, like, to an extent, missionally, you do need to know your place. Like, you yep. need to know your context. You need to know your city. You need to know what's going mm-hmm. on. And I think, in particular, as individuals who are living and are from here, it's we were talking about this a lot in the summer. I was like, we know what's going on here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The question is, are we doing anything about it? I think of the story of of Exodus where God's calling Moses. And like the call to worship recently that I remember is, is El, El Shema, the God yeah. who hears. Yeah. And God tells Moses, like, I've heard the cry of my people. Like I've, I've seen the injustices happening Mm -hmm. and he calls Moses like, you're going to go for me. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to go speak up because you understand the context of the, of the Israelites Mm -hmm. and of the Egyptians. Like you, you understand specifically, I've raised you up specifically so that you can understand, so that you can bring the message. So you can be the one to address these injustices. And I think that kind of story, like in the context of God hearing of the injustice, seeing the injustices and raising up people, like changing their hearts essentially mm. to do, to do these things and make a difference and use them as tools for the enact an action of, of justice. That's that I just really loudly think of Egypt. Hmm. Um, and I think of uh, like there, there's, there's that story. And then I think of um, Sodom and Gomorrah where God is speaking like in the same similar fashion. It's like, I've heard the cry of, of the people against Sodom and Gomorrah. Like you're going to do something. You actually need to leave the city. Mm-hmm. And, uh, is it Abram? He pleads for, for them. He's like, what if we find righteous people in here? Like, would you I still destroy it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's praying for the city that he's, he understands the context of and like the depravity that he sees and he still loves and cares for the people. And God's like, okay, well, if we can find some righteous people, he's like, well, hold on. I know the people. Mm-hmm. There's not that many righteous people. What if we find fewer than that many? Right. But he's, he's in, is it's the intercession for the hurting people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of imagery just really is sticking with, with this, this topic. It's like, I can't shake that. There's a reason I've read that recently right. is because I'm engaging in these conversations now. And it's right. like, there's a bigger picture here. I think. Yeah, like that being revealed to me in scripture and what us as Christians, bearers uh, of Christ's image now as as sons and daughters, like what are we to do? Mm -hmm. And like specifically repenting of our own sins, like realizing how ugly sin is and repenting and praying and working through that with God is like just the, it's like the seed that's sown in the heart that starts like in introducing these conversations Mm -hmm. like that pastor's story like engaging help helping people feel heard about it Mm -hmm. is is like super important because when i think big picture i don't don't, it it is daunting i don't know how to change things Mm -hmm. but specifically like where we are now having this podcast like having this conversation is at least a start yeah i think i think yes i think part of the starting the podcast yes i think it it is a start Mm -hmm. In addition to, um, well, let me back up. I think the start was us having those conversations in the summer. Right. And the podcast being fruit of that, right. or a piece of fruit of that, and then beginning to think through, pray through, have more conversations mm-hmm. on, hey, what is happening in our context? What is our capacity? Mm-hmm. How do we get involved in some of these areas that mm-hmm. are specific to the values that we have set here at Storehouse McAllen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I know as churches go back and forth on how they're going to get involved, some churches have such a great capacity that they can have their, 
hands and feet in a variety of categories, right? Because they have the people, they have the infrastructure, they have the finances. Well, we're a smaller church, right? So what is it that we're going to do? How do we get specific in some of the areas that we're going to engage in missionally? Because these are simply some of the injustices happening in our context. And so over the summer, we'd come up with these three pillars of, of missional engagement. And I don't know that we would even say pillars, but whatever. Like, I didn't know what else to call it, right? Focuses. Yeah, these focuses within our context that we see, yes, within our church family. Mm-hmm. But because we're seeing them within our church family, they're that much more louder right. outside. And so we, we, we walked through three of them and it was, it was education, families, and then, and then the arts. And so a brief overview of these for us here at Soros McAllen, when it comes to education, um, education is a really big, um, I hate saying education is, um, a value that families really press onto Mm -hmm. their children because many first and second generation families would say education is the answer, right? You want to get out, you want to get that good job. You want more opportunities. You want people to not see you the way they saw us or struggle the way your mom and I struggled. Education is the answer. Mm -hmm. And so you see that pressed in younger generations today. Um, But even within that, you see people um, really trying to make sure that families of like low income status have similar opportunities Mm -hmm. to receive education, to make sure that they are, that someone is fighting for them so that they would... um, Yeah, so that they would receive an education so that they have an opportunity to... There's one, I think it's called the South Texas Book Coalition, I think you and I were talking about Mm -hmm. this, where their mission is to get a book in every children's hands. Because they're like, if you you get reading, you get everything else. Yeah. Like you can can problem solve, you can think critically, Mm -hmm. you can articulate language very well, you can learn English. Mm -hmm. Um, You have more access to education than other kids who may not even have a book, who don't have right. a book. And so because education is such a big deal, and then we began looking within our church, we mm-hmm. have a great number of teachers yeah. in our church. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of teachers in our church. That's awesome. Yeah. And so it wasn't just, oh, how do we partner with our teachers? It was, hey, hey, are our teachers being taken care of? Mm-hmm. Yes. Do yeah. they know? Do they know that they're similar to the story of the pastor on the East Coast? Do they know that they are heard? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for us, we started doing um, <clears throat> we started doing teacher pint nights. Hey. <laughs> um, and we've done it over Zoom twice now, and they have yeah. just served as an opportunity to catch up with teachers to see how they're doing. Yes. To see what's going on, and in addition to that, we want to be a community that answers some of the needs that the school district simply can't meet. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes it's school supplies. Sometimes it's, it's uh, books. Sometimes it's a variety of physical needs that mm-hmm. the district simply cannot provide teachers with. And so we want to, through our teachers, step in and say, Hey, we can help and serve. And this yeah. is also like anyone who's in the education system too. It wasn't just like, you right, know, like yeah. you're a counselor, so, a therapist, or right, yeah. admin. This is, like yeah, like they are all. within the school district. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we got school nurses, education. we got counselors, yeah. mm-hmm. we got teachers. It was just like, yeah, everyone and anyone. And so mm-hmm. we want to be able to step in. And because the other thing is, um, there are already some schools that we've developed some relationship with. And so, mm-hmm. man, we want to continue to provide physical needs for them because we're taking care of our teachers, because we believe that our, t- our, our teachers are are our local missionaries. Mm-hmm. They yeah. are the ones who are being, who have been sent out in these prime mission fields, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. With their students. We want to make sure that they're taken care of. We want to make sure that they are loved. We want to make sure that we are coming in behind them to meet the needs mm-hmm. that, that the district simply can't yeah. many times. When those needs are met, they're able to address the needs of their children. Exactly. Protect them, address, yeah. Yeah. That's a big deal. And then mm-hmm. within that, 
I think as we continue moving forward in our support, love and care of our teachers and if and when our capacity grows, then that's when I think we can begin looking at other organizations within McAllen. Like you and I talked about community in schools, the mm-hmm. one that your dad was a part of. Yeah, CIS. Yeah, CIS that that helps students who are just struggling mm-hmm. at through, risk. Yeah, at risk. I think it's specifically to, to high school. I don't know. Middle school. Middle school. high school. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. that's a really, really good organization. And so, well, how do we come alongside of them? to help provide resources or even just time to these yeah. students. Um, and so we want to be in these pillars of missional engagement. We are definitely um, embracing a Luke 16 principle being faithful with a little mm-hmm. so that we would be faithful with much, because I think what can be intimidating when we look at education families in the arts, it's like, there's so much, even in that, all the things, all the things <laughs> what do we do. And so what we're, what we're doing is we are thinking through prayerfully considering what's our capacity. Mm-hmm. What can we do right now? And just like what you said, Elsie, what can we do right now? And just be consistent with that. Yeah. yeah. Consistency is key, yeah. man. And should our capacity increase, well, we're going to pray about that because we're not just going to launch into the next thing. We're going <laughs> to pray about that because if whatever it is we're going to launch to at some point, our capacity is going to be full again. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's one of the ways for us in by which we are engaging education, education reform here in our context in a sustainable manner in a sustainable manner and whether it's through funds or resources um when we are able to here's the other thing even if our capacity grows maybe we don't necessarily take another branch of education we stay in the same one we just are Mm -hmm. able to do more right within that maybe we're able to represent certain a specific school yeah. or we're able to engage certain parts of education reform here in McAllen a lot better. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Then maybe it doesn't change. It's just maturing now. Yeah. It's like in that faithfulness, like God's going to, God's still going to have his way. He's going to do his work. And I feel like the impact is going to, be more powerful than we could mm-hmm. ever imagine. Right. Like all we have to do is be faithful to that. That's, and that's really what we're doing. Like, Hey, just stay faithful here. Like I think, uh, October, this, yeah, we're in October. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we're having our quarterly teachers pint night mm-hmm. this month. And so it's, how are you guys doing? What's going on? And, mm-hmm. and the goal right now is I think this year it, for 2020, it was just to make sure our teachers were taken care of because teachers, had so much put on their plate in light of the pandemic and mm-hmm. changing how everything's done learning. Mm-hmm. online learning and all that. One of the goals is uh, Christina and I were talking about this where uh, we want to have uh, a pint night at Roosevelt on teacher appreciation week. Oh yeah. And we want to, we want to ask our teachers, bring a friend so yeah. that we can say thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's a big deal, man. Yes. That's yeah. cool. And, and we'll buy you a pint. Here you go. <laughs> delicious liquid. Deliciousness. And um and so you know what I'm you. Yeah. <laughs> and so um so I think that that's one of the ways for us that, that we're getting involved and again as mm-hmm. resources, finances, infrastructure and and capacity increases, well then we reevaluate, we pray, can we do something else in the same area or do we just need to keep digging a little deeper in this right. one area? Right. Yeah. You know, mm. The second one for us is, is one that you Schmerick and I really talked a great deal about has been family. So one of the largest demographics in our church is, is young families um, married less than 10 years, uh, anywhere between one to three kids under six, yeah. trying to figure it out. Um, that, that is probably the largest demographic in, in our church. And so we've begun talking a great deal about one, resourcing our families on the importance of family discipleship, Mm -hmm. family worship, what it looks like to, uh, reflect the person and work of Christ in the home. But in addition to that, in a, in a previous podcast, we've talked about the familial needs 
in our community. 40% Mm -hmm. of kids are going to be born into fatherless homes. Um, Because of that rate, tragically, abortion rates are fairly high here in McAllen and in the Valley. Um, Abuse statistics are off the charts, particularly in light of the pandemic, domestic violence increased by over 50% in Hidalgo County. And so while it seems like a much bigger category, we're still approaching it the same way we approach education. Like, Mm -hmm. where do we start? Like, where do we as the church start? And what's the one thing that maybe we can do? And so, yes, we want to take care of our families by equipping them, resourcing them, um, discipling them as they disciple one another. And what's maybe the one thing that we can do within our community to be a support, to be a, to be salt and light Mm -hmm. to, to, to our community. Is that right? Does that make sense? That makes less of sense. Yeah. And so that's been an area that we've been continuing to work on. I know we're in possible partnership with like the McAllen pregnancy center. It's a nonprofit organization that helps women through their pregnancies. If they have had abortion, they provide counseling for them. Um, Doctor referrals are free. Um, the resources that they provide them with are all free. And so, man, what did, what does that look like to come alongside an organization like that to provide physical needs? Because one of the things that they do do, do <laughs> one of the things that they do is mothers who have just given birth to their children and are lacking resources mm-hmm. or are just lacking basic needs. The McAllen Pregnancy Center hooks them up with those needs yeah, so that they would have somewhat of a head start as they are beginning the initial steps, phases of motherhood. Yeah. And so going back to those physical needs, it's what does it look like for the church to come alongside that? How can we supply those needs so that moms have what they need to take care of their kids? Right. You know, that's a, that's one of the things upon which we've been talking about. So. I think it's important being a lot of time. This was came up in a conversation recently that, a lot of people know what the church is against. Like the church says this is a sin. The church says that's a sin. Mm-hmm. And very little, very few people know what the church is for, what we yeah. value. Yeah. And these things really address that. It's like, we can stand on the corner of the street and say like, that's a sin, blah, 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 blah. And I think it's more valuable to be the hands and feet of Christ and address things like this. And say this is what we're for. This is what God, um, this is what God values. This is what He's designed it for. Right. Um, so I I really appreciate the church storehouse specifically focusing on what we're for, focusing on the things that we can, I guess, not redeem, but really point to the the love of Christ in our actions. Yeah. And I think I think that's part of the point in in, in mm-hmm. the sense that the primary mission of the church is to make disciples. Right. Therefore, for us in our context, some of the avenues upon which we're going to make disciples is going to be through education, through family care and discipleship, right? Through the art. Like we are going to make like we are Yes, we are going to talk about what we're for, but we're also going to be unapologetic about the gospel. Right. Explicit. Yeah. You know, as we come alongside certainly these large demographics, people in our church, because we want to continue to encourage them, equip them and resource them. And as we go out, Mm -hmm. we're going to be doing the same thing in the sense of we're going to come alongside some of these organizations or some of these schools. Cool. We're going to be unapologetic about the gospel mm-hmm. because we're for these things that you're doing, mm-hmm. and and this is how Christ redeems much of that. Yeah, Word. I think it's it's a different thing to be like, you know, staying on your street corner and be like, hey, you're doing this wrong and this wrong, mm-hmm. versus hey, I'm going to come alongside you. I'm going to meet you where you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because that's what Jesus does right. to us. He's met us where we're at, and let's. Let's walk together through what you're going through. Yeah, he helps and I'm you address tell you it. about him because mm-hmm. that's that's his that's his love. That's good. You're good. The third pillar of missional engagement uh, for us is is one that we have talked a great deal about. We, you, Schmerick, and I talked about this where we began <laughs> this at the beginning of the year. 
And then a pandemic kind of came. Oh, yeah. That just a little bit. Happened. And so <laughs> for us, it's 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 the arts. Mm-hmm. So where Storehouse McAllen is located is right smack in the heart of McAllen in between the arts district and the historic district of McAllen. A lot of local artists here, a lot of local musicians, uh, a lot of rich history that smells of rich mahogany and <laughs> mesquite mesquite <laughs> yes mesquite and palmas yes. and um and so uh when it comes to to the arts we thought that one of the ways in which we could make disciples is through i suppose telling the story of the person and work of Jesus through again the arts but at the same time coming alongside other local artists and saying hey there's some things that we value just like you do mm-hmm. um and and we love jesus mm-hmm. in addition to that we meet our building we we have a lot of neighbors we have a lot yeah. of tenants in our building and uh, we meet at what is called the McAllen creative incubator and so we are literally living among artists and musicians <laughs> every single day. And we've made some friends and mm-hmm. they're really cool. Um, and so part of us coming into the arts is certainly because of where we are, certainly because of the value that we have in our culture. But in addition to that, um, we want to be able to communicate the story the redemptive story of the mm-hmm. person and work of Christ through through the arts, um, specifically because of actually right where we are. Yeah, you want to talk a little bit more about that because you and I have talked kind of back and forth on on that specifically, um, like why art. Mm-hmm. There's when I think of of expressing oneself in in preaching the gospel. A lot of times I see. Um, like there's the there's the truth of the gospel is like the the what's it called the the virgin birth mm-hmm. there's the the life of Jesus there's the death of Jesus the resurrection the gift of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and like the promise of his return glorification and all of those aspects are touched upon and I see in Acts um, how he talks about uh, he um, the apostles talk about those things and they preach specific to the context of who they're preaching to. Mm-hmm. And I think um, addressing all of those points of the gospel through artistic expression, through words or, or imagery or music is, is a craft that must be honed. Like mm-hmm. it's a, it's a gift that we were given to use. And I think of um, the parable of the talents like the the one who was given many talents invested in those things invested in invested the talents and they were rewarded with even even more talents and i think the talents were like money right and in, in this one but i also think like how funny the word talent is is synonymous with like a gifting mm-hmm. or a skill and the one who was given like a little bit of talent didn't invest in it at all and the one, the one, the, the master who came back was like, what do you, what did you do? Like you buried your talent. Like you don't get anything. I'm going to take that away from you mm-hmm. and give it to somebody else. And I think, um, to honor the master, to honor God, uh, investing in those talents to, to grow his kingdom more specifically is there's, there's reward in that, in pleasing the master, like mm-hmm. in walking in that faith and, there's a there's there's a handful of artists in in our congregation who are extremely talented, and I think um, that that's like by by no coincidence, mm-hmm. uh, and and not using their skills but encouraging them so they can invest in their talents so they can hone their craft so they can grow closer to Christ so they can communicate who Christ is through so their skills edify the church yeah yeah like the that's the that's the point. um yeah i i'm i get stoked about the arts i i i'm still working through how to encourage the artist Mm -hmm. because a lot of times the artist is very um what's the word not ungrounded but there's 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 another word that's there like they're kites Mm -hmm. the we we like to fly and yeah live in the clouds um 
and I made a joke with with my friend this morning. He's like, you know, tattoo artists, like they're, what did he say? Tattoo artists, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're not known for their discipline or something like mm-hmm. that, like discipline in their craft or just mm-hmm. discipline in general in their life. Mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, I kind of knew that. He was like, yeah, I was being sarcastic because it's very apparent, like as an artist, there's very few artists who have such a strong discipline mm-hmm. in honing their craft and like understanding the philosophy of the message they're trying to communicate. And I think it, the arts specifically pairs partners with the disciples who I guess are of little faith, um, who have, who lack a little bit of the discipline and there's like this discipleship, um, aspect in the arts to get the arts out. Right. Um, so that's, that's where, that's where I think is like, how, how do we do that particularly? Mm-hmm. And I think of a handful of artists who are like, don't necessarily respond. It's like, oh yeah, I'll get to that. And it's like, no dude, there's a sense of urgency in getting your skill seen right. by the masses. Right. Um, yeah, that's, I that's, think that's why we like, when it comes to the arts and we started it this year, it came to just special event type stuff yeah. rather than something that was regular. <laughs> so we started off with Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So we did an Ash Wednesday service and mm-hmm. we had several artists uh, draw up and paint some wonderful, beautiful pieces. Like you, Schmerick, you did that, that big old heart. Oh, the sculpture, yeah. Yeah, that sculpture is, is great. What's cool is getting was, like people to help with that. Yes, yes. it yes. was a community thing. Yeah. yeah. A community project. That was and, so cool. And so I think that that was legit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then a pandemic hit. I say that because I think we were building up to Holy Week where that mm-hmm. was going to be the next time that we showcased Oh yeah, um, and had it's more like artists feature. come out and mm-hmm. do stuff like in contrast to what we saw in, in Ash Wednesday. <laughs> and uh, that didn't happen. So... <laughs> This year for us, right, we're we're going to be for the first time preaching through uh, a series uh, on Advent, mm-hmm. right? And so, because we really didn't get to have a Holy Week because everything was done at home, um, we're treating Advent as the Holy Week we did not receive, and only we get to do it over a four week span, right? Not just right. five days. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm really excited to see artists come out and have these like contrasts to where we were at in February. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I'm really, really excited about that. But yeah, I I think um, encouraging artists to use their gifts, it's it's a press on this edifies the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This communicates Christ and it, it can serve as an introduction to Jesus for people who don't know him. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we can do this through these avenues and mm-hmm. that is a value in our neighborhood and yeah. among our literal neighbors in the building that we're in. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. think of the, the temple in Exodus mm-hmm. uh, where Moses was giving instruction. I, I had to look up their name because it's a hard name to remember. The names were uh, Bezalel, Bezalel, Bez- yeah. Bezalel. And uh, Aholiab, and they were the chief artisans who were charged with constructing the the tabernacle in the desert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the the in specific instruction God gave for them to to create the tabernacle was just to point to the beauty of who God is. And I think like um, specifically, there's there's like the philosophical question philosophical question in art. It's like does art reflect life or does life reflect art? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, art is supposed to reflect God. And I think the life that he gives in that, what we're meant to do is point to him with it. Mm-hmm. And imagine if these dudes didn't create the temple as beautifully as they were instructed to, like the, the Israelites image and understanding of God would have been like a lesser than, mm-hmm. and there's, there's, there's power within imagery. And um, what's the word? Just like aesthetics, mm-hmm. like the things we have around us, like it takes your mind to a place that's like extremely important. And when I think of schools like defunding art programs, defunding music programs, like the the theaters and all these things, it's like, do you understand what you're doing to yeah. your the culture here? Like, yeah. like our society essentially thrives as our art 
is is made more beautiful right because mm-hmm. it takes our minds to beautiful things and who is the creator of beauty is god mm. so like it's it's all meant to point to and reflect him right and specifically uh the ones charged with doing that again i think of uh, the last podcast we did like just ordinary people who yeah. struggle with things like god uses to make beautiful things mm-hmm. yeah that's that's the message i think of a lot when i think yeah. of the arts yeah, I think that's good. Man, well, I really enjoyed this because I think, again, when we're looking at missional engagement, it is not only for the sake of, hey, what are we going to do as a church? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it is because we are convinced of, um, one, that we are sinners. And by God's grace, um, through faith alone and Christ alone, we have been reconciled to the Father. Therefore, our hearts have been renewed. And so engaging not just mission, but engaging in justice within our context is deeply rooted in who we are because of what God has first done for (laughs) us. And so for us to prayerfully consider and think through, hey, what are the avenues that we're going to engage on, engage in missionally in an effort to make disciples? I think that's a question that churches obviously need to work through, but I think Mm -hmm. also as individuals, that is something that we need to work through. How do we love Mm -hmm. our neighbors and make disciples um, through some specific and primary avenues? Because at the end of the day, um, yes, we are called to do justice and um, the primary mission of the church is to make disciples. And so if I want to engage justice and injustice, I'm doing that, I think, with uh, with the intention of making disciples as I engage in doing justice. Mm-hmm. So That's good. Definitely. All right. Well, thanks for joining us this morning, guys. Hope you got a little uh, idea of, man, injustice and the church and then how to ultimately get involved in doing justice and, and doing good, seeking justice and doing good. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Boom. Amen. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Love you. Bye. The goal of this podcast is to equip our church for discipleship and mission. We want to thank you for listening in this morning, and we hope that you are encouraged by these conversations. If you'd like to learn more about Storehouse McKellen, you can visit our website at storehousemckellen.com. We'd also love to hear from you. Send us your questions to info at storehousemckellen.com.